0: another edition of The Intentional Foul after a one-week break. Very busy last week with family and illnesses and all kinds of stuff. I'm going to see how long I can make it on this chair before I make to so basically put the microphone on the ground and just lay on my back.
1: Yeah? yeah. A little sore? Oh, a little bit. Is that a, I have it?
0: no... Just back back surgery coming into old age with weight gain and all kinds of stuff just just comes out of nowhere when you wake up. You get to the age when 40 and apparently nobody tells you that it's like a car after 100,000 some miles. Shit just starts breaking and it needs to be replaced. And people tell you like, oh yeah, 40, it's the new whatever. Oh, they don't tell you just systematically stuff starts to break down. Yeah, I mean there's nothing
1: new about Ford. Anything you've
0: got is old at Ford. Man. So, I'm I'm going to start needing more of these these I mean chiropractor, massage, all kinds of stuff. Same day.
1: I don't have money to spend on this crap. Here, Get, getting old sucks, man. The other day I looked in the mirror and and I I had like the longest whitest most invisiblest hair growing out of the side of my ear the other day that was, I needed like a chain, yeah. I needed like a chainsaw to pull that fucker oh, off. Man, but I'm like, how you it, know, first of all, how did it get like yeah, that? How I did I miss that? Yeah. For, I had, I mean, that's like a month's worth of growth. I understand, I get it. It was like, like a, you, it was like the, the thinnest yeah. angel hair, but yet the, it was three feet long. Some scruffs there. I, <laughs> there was a, there was a guy I ran
0: into, and I'm not gonna say this. Well, you know what? He's not gonna listen. Nobody's gonna tell him we got a tour of some place a while ago and we were introduced to some gentleman and I kid you not. I thought he was wearing earmuffs. Oh my
1: God. That's this. I mean, and it was
0: all, it was all encompassing all over the outside of the ear, not just the inside where, you know, stuff, stuff just kind of grows when you get old and you can trim it up and nobody will notice every couple days, every week. I mean, this was all over his ear and I just went, Maybe he just got sick of doing that because that seemed like a lot of maintenance. Yeah. And I just hope that's not what happens. Chia ear. Yes! Yeah. That's exactly what it looked like.
1: <laughs> exactly. Well, it's funny. I mean, as you get older now, you know, you can, people, you know, you always think you look like your dad or, right. or whatever. You, you really, the one you need to look at is your grandpa. That's what you because all of a sudden I'm looking at Gramps and I'm like, eh, you got a lot of ear hair there. <laughs> You know, it's like shit. Well, yeah, I I think got to keep on top
0: of that. I think my old man and I probably have the same hair, same bald spot, thin on the top, fine on the sides, but just that little ring. So I'm not quite to where that. But if I'm comparing to my my dad's dad, I haven't seen him since I was seven. Right. So I don't really have anything to go on. Well, You
1: probably can look at your your memories of Uncle Lucky and and see some like, okay, yeah, (laughs) that's. I'm gonna have that. Yes, <laughs> the mannerisms for sure. Yeah. I mean, that's that's obvious.
0: All right. Well, that was a nice enough little ear hair. Yes, we can uh, move on to. I'm some sure, we'll get some
1: tweets and texts about that sports one. Sports
0: sure. things. Um, talk about
1: the XFL. Now nah, we're gonna talk about our your hair, long and, ass hairs yeah, growing out of that's our right. heads,
0: growing old, and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, there's not much really in the NFL. They had the combine this week, and it's always fun hearing these draft guys and organizations kind of geek out and flip out about these prospects because there's always one or two guys at the combine where you're like you don't know anything about them but they put up monster numbers and their tape doesn't flash out at you and then all of a sudden they rise on the charts and I didn't watch enough of the combine or read enough to know that who those guys are but the best answer is I saw Because they, they, they dive into your personal life and mm-hmm. they dive into your psyche and they basically crawl up your ass with a microscope. Right.
1: How much do you love exactly. football?
0: Exactly. Did you hear about the, the guy from, uh, I don't even know what college it was, where he gave the ICAR Gold Class Certified Answer to any question ever asked Mm-mm. of any athlete? Mm-mm. I wish I would have done a little research on this, but I just heard it this morning. He was up at a podium and they and, the, and he was getting peppered with questions. And somebody asked him if there was one thing you could change about yourself, what would it be? The guy kind of just, oh man, he's hemming and hawing. And about ten seconds go by, bigger dick. <laughs> <laughs> well, and then the, you could tell that the guy just started laughing like really, You're like yep, bigger dick. Yeah, nice. <laughs> well, hey, hey man, way to you be honest. You wanted to know, way to be honest. Yeah, I'm not happy. With my schlong size, so I wish I was a little more well endowed. Good for him. Yeah, well, and and I think the honesty meter probably earned him some points. <laughs> I don't know why you would think of that. I don't. I, but I that's mean, perfect. Well, I know why you'd think well, of I it. I don't know clear. why you
1: maybe you say it. Well,
0: now what? No, you're right. Guys are getting in the locker room like.
1: Now you get drafted by you know Pittsburgh, and every girl in Pittsburgh thinks she got a baby dick. So <laughs> I don't know how well that's going to well, work out for you. No, but I'll
0: never get a date. Right. <laughs> Well, I'm baby I'm, Dick Jones out there at, sure at D-back. I'm sure if he signs a multi-million dollar contract, the women probably won't care about nobody that Nobody in the locker so room will
1: ever bring that up. No. 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 P- part of rookie hazing? <laughs> That's not what we Forget do in it. locker rooms. We never give each other shit. Nope.
0: <laughs> so I didn't pay much attention to the combine or any of that other stuff. Reagency starts when the new league year starts in a couple weeks. So The, I... Joe,
1: the Joe Burrow tiny hand thing is just funny to me. I don't. It's just funny because it's like the guy... You know, and and look, I'll be honest. I don't watch much college football other than the Badgers. But the guy blew every yeah. team, every defense, every scheme. He blew it away this year. And I understand college is different than pros, but not that much. Not like it used to be. These the games now are pretty similar. You're just talking about you know bigger, faster, stronger people at the pro level. Um, but the. The things that they find with these guys to nitpick, and we were talking about it before, Like, and you brought up Russell Wilson's size.
0: Yeah, they said can't see over the line. He'll never be able to see his receivers. Right,
1: and it's like, okay, well, that that's could be a concern, but maybe tailor your offense to where he's moving, which they've done, and look at the success he's they had. They said
0: the same thing about Drew Brees. He's, right. He hasn't been good, has he?
1: No, not really. <laughs> You know, only about seventy thousand yards passing. But I mean, so. I
0: I just don't, and I I just don't get the what what the nitpick is, and then for them to just hone in and say, well, this guy's not going to be good because of this, right? Well, how can you say that one characteristic automatically shoots his possibility of being good?
1: I mean, I don't I, get I guess like a, a thing like small hands. I mean, I guess as a football player. When does that come into play? I guess if you're back to pass and a guy tries to swipe the ball out of your hand, but like if you have a strong hand, right, then I don't it shouldn't matter. Think you're whether you have a nine inch or a ten inch hand size would matter. Maybe it's, if the
0: ball's wet and you need extra grip, I I don't know.
1: It's like I always laugh when that you get the offensive lineman. I think there was the, the kid from Iowa, uh his name escapes me at the moment, but he's a first round o-line prospect and he ran a really really fast 40 and everybody's drooling about it and i'm like well that's great but can you show me how many times last year in an nfl game a offensive lineman ran in a straight line for 40 yards i i just don't i don't if you if you wanted to tell me what his 20 was for sure now i'm interested right because you know you're pulling you got to get out on the edge you got to do all that stuff when is a lineman 40 yards downfield no It doesn't happen, so I just don't get the value in in that. And um,
0: unless they're running the two-minute offense, they need to get downfield after a big play. You know, know. a
1: guy throws a sixty-yard pass; you got to get down there. I mean, to me,
0: the more thing in an offensive line is side to side, like if you do the shuttle run or something like that, and you need to really get down and then get out quick, you know, something like that, and explode Mm -hmm, and stuff like that. But mm -hmm. but an elongated sprint. I don't understand what that means for lineman.
1: Like why do I care what Bulaga's vertical is?
0: Exactly. Or or your long jump or what i whatever. Whatever it is.
1: Why is my lineman jumping?
0: I don't know. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like it's just stupid. No, but that's that's the stuff that happens with the combine.
1: Well, some um, of the some of the rumors going around and um uh, involving the Packers and the Bears a little bit yeah. I just wanted to hit on I heard uh, Eric Schmoltz commentary this morning uh, on CLO talking about um, some of the Badger guys mm-hmm. and and specifically Cephas Taylor and then Joe Schulbert who's a free agent mm-hmm. um, all kind of being somewhat linked to maybe being Packers um, what's your opinion on on any of those guys I mean do, does wow. any of them excite you uh, Sjobert, I don't think. Yeah, he's a tackling machine, and I'd love to have former Badgers. I
0: always love that in the draft, and I always thought that Ted Thompson kind of steered clear of that one. Very it, odd. He had the
1: opportunity. The Packers, but, other than Tauscher, for like a 30-year period, they kind of did that. Yeah. I mean, the one that always pops in my head is Troy right. Vincent over Buckley. Right. You that's the one yes. you should have made. Should have yeah. made
0: it. Um, but, I mean, they, they took the last one. I believe that they took was the linebacker who hurt his foot, and now – I don't even know if he's in the league, and I I don't even remember his name. And if Michael's listening, I'm sure he's screaming uh, at
1: me. not Beagle. Yeah, yeah Vince, Beagle. Yeah, Vince yeah. Beagle. He
0: didn't last very long, but he, right. got, hurt he got hurt, and, and yeah. he and he had foot problems, uh, in college. But Schobert's going to want the same thing that Blake Martinez is wants, and I don't think they're they're going to pay ten million dollars a year for somebody at that position. Yeah, they're just not. I mean, it's great, but I don't think they value that enough. I I think they would much prefer to get a guy on the cheap when he's young in the draft and see how far he can grow into. So I don't know that that's going to happen. I wouldn't mind Cephas on the on the team because he seems like a route runner guy who can get open. Now I think he just crushed his whole. Because he ran the slowest time of all the wide receivers in the forty yard dash,
1: but he sure can bench press, right? You know that's what we're talking about. But
0: but, I mean, you and I were talking on a road trip just last week. Irvin said that Michael Irvin said he reminded of him Mm -hmm. and and Chris Carter. Yep,
1: those are two, and neither one of them were burners, right? No, they weren't.
0: But they could get open and they could catch the ball. Yep, and that seems to me like the kind of guy Cephas always was. He wasn't going to kill you downfield, Mm -hmm. but he was
1: always open,
0: right? Holy and he was
1: a big, strong kid that yeah. could box you out and, and, and right. catch the ball.
0: And and, he, and if he's at Wisconsin, and if teams, are they are not running the ball in the NFL as, well, imagine, as much as they would. Imagine but,
1: him with a quarterback that actually threw it to him. Right. Not at his foot or over his head or behind him, but, I like, but actually to him.
0: He got interviewed at the Combine and said he he wanted to thank, um, I can't even think of the Badgers quarterback. Who's the Cohen? Badgers? Yeah. He he wanted to thank Jack Cohn for for getting him the ball in the uh-huh. second half of the season. like okay, oh, yeah. oh, how many okay. times? I mean, <laughs> glad, because that's yeah. your opportunity to say, yeah, I sure. wish I had a better quarterback. Yeah. That, that, that would have gotten me the ball a few I mean, more times. For but for not shit on him. Right, but, yeah. exactly, because that would have probably gone against him yeah. from what teams would have been diving in to, to look at what they did and didn't like. You right? can
1: only be a diva if you're Odell. Right. If you're anybody else, you can't do
0: that. I think Jonathan Taylor is, is going to be solid if he can catch the ball out of the backfield because that's what teams want is they want versatility.
1: Well, um, what do you think about, like, let's say the Packers – picked him in the second or third round. I mean, would I'm just curious. I don't know why they would. I don't
0: don't know why they would. They have two guys right now, and Matt LaFleur said it, it at the Combine that they needed a third guy. I don't know why you'd waste... A no, high either. draft pick on a third running back when you have a pretty good system right now, and they, they talked about wanting to lock up Aaron Jones to an extension. He got Jamal Williams' a good change of pace. You know and I talked about it mm-hmm. during the season is that sometimes it would seem like against a particular defense, Williams would be the better back. Yes. He might not be the better talent, but he was a better fit in that game. But I don't know why you would waste something that high on a Jonathan Taylor.
1: Well, right, because you would think if you're picking in that spot, that guy you want that that guy's there to, to contribute play right, right now
0: immediately, yeah, for sure. I mean, and like
1: what the Bears did with Montgomery last year, I think they picked him in the third round, and
0: he's their starter, right? You know, no, I, I don't think so. 30 to me would only be either a, you know a wide receiver or an inside linebacker. Um, may and they just took Sternberger at tight end, so they're probably not going to do that that high. So, and otherwise, if they can get an offensive tackle that really is sliding down the board, because it sounds like from what I've read they haven't really been too interested in talking to Belaga about an extension. I saw that. So now you're going to have a big hole and do you want to protect your quarterback for the next few years while he's getting older? Right. So unless you have a, a guy you can, you can plug and play right away at tackle, I'm not sure you're, you're not looking at any other, but three positions for that top spot. I'm excited to see going back to the Badgers where Zach Bond goes. Um, I don't know where, I don't know where he would go. Um, but as far as former Badgers, I don't know who all is even in there that maybe they could take a flyer on in the late round and maybe even still make the team. Practice squad, maybe. But I mean, there doesn't seem to be a lot up for grabs in Green Bay as far
1: as starting spots are concerned. Taylor, you know, I agree with what Schmolt talked about this morning. Um, I'm a little concerned for Taylor with the workload that he had in college. Um, I I am and I'm not. I, I think... You know, I think years ago that might have been a little bit more of a concern. I'm not sure it is now because— How about ball you, security? You, you never Well, that's more of a concern. You know, you never really saw Taylor take the big hit. No. And he's a really big, <laughs> strong kid— so I, I don't know how much that that wear and tear would affect him, but you're right. The the fumbling is the number one issue with him. There's no question. That's what it seems like to me. Um, and and with the Bears, just quick, uh, there's a lot of talk. They're going to go out and get a veteran quarterback.
0: Yeah, I saw that, and um, we can circle back around to the Packers that they they're trying to get. They why would you make it public that you're going to make a run at Austin Hooper, the 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 tight end? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, he's been Pro Bowl the last couple of years, but I mean, that's a big. Well, I mean, how does Jimmy Graham Robert Tanyan. Right. It was Jay Sternberg. How do they all feel about that now that that's public? <laughs> yeah. I you know it's, what I that's mean? That's a weird thing. But, I mean, the Bears, I mean, you, Chase Daniel has had that backup job. He's not pushing, well, and I pushing saw, Mitch Trubisky. And
1: I saw he's being courted by a couple other teams to be a backup. Daniel? Yeah. Um, okay. You know, Andy Dalton is the intriguing possibility for the Bears Um, it's tricky with, with his cap number and how all that works. And I, I don't do football salary cap stuff. That's a little, (laughs) little wonky, but, um, yeah, I mean, a guy like that is kind of the perfect guy for the bears. I, I think, um, it pushes Trubisky. It puts a little pressure on him and Trubisky has not proven that he can play 16 games. He's been hurt every year. So, you know, to have a guy like a Dalton who you could plug in there for, a a couple of weeks, or, you know, put them in as your starter in the back half of the season, whatever. Um, I like that. I still think the Bears need to upgrade their weapons. Um, But, uh, yeah, I don't know. They're not a a ton of stuff going on in football, but, you know, I guess enough to kind of wet your whistle if you're craving that stuff. Yeah,
0: and the CBA, I mean, I was surprised because everybody for the longest time for the last year, year and a half, they all said when the new collective bargaining agreement is up, they were all saying lockout. So then when I read something last week and it said that it had passed narrowly by the union representatives and was going to go to the full, you know, membership and that the deal was close to being ratified, I was like, how the hell did this happen? You know, I mean, you can get your union reps to say no, but all you need is just a majority. Right. You just need over half. Right. That's it. So, I mean, I know Aaron Rodgers said no, and he put a lot of big thing on Instagram about stuff. Um, I wasn't sure about, you know, Richard Sherman or Russell Wilson or J.J. Watt's reasons. I haven't read too much into them, but I know they all weren't going to do it. I saw a lineman came out that said this is the best deal um, that they could possibly hope for for the core players wasn't sure what that. What well, that, you know, not, I mean, not the fringe guys. Sh- or?
1: Sherman is one of those guys that just perpetually thinks he's getting screwed, so I'm, I'm not surprised that he's one of the guys throwing up roadblocks. Um, it sounded like Watt was Watt, and and Rogers. From what I, I didn't read a lot, but kind of from what I inferred, they're they're claiming they're trying to protect the run of the mill five hundred and ninety thousand dollar guy on the team, not Aye. not the not the star. Um you know, the seventeen game season, um uh, do we really need another that's,
0: game? That's an owner thing. And and they're trying to balance it by saying, well you're going to knock off a preseason game, but all the veterans are going. So what? We never play in preseason right. anyway. The first three weeks of, right. the, of
1: the regular season have turned into preseason. So that
0: doesn't mean anything to them. No. Now you're asking them to play more. And what Roger said in his post was that you've given us no more incentive for recuperation or you know less of preseason camp work and stuff like that. Which you need all this stuff that you need to do in the you know in the early OTAs and then a huge ass training camp. Than to not play for three or four weeks before the regular season. I mean, I kind of get what he's saying mm-hmm. in that, well, okay, a lot of these guys think that as position players, you can just walk in, do a lot of classroom study, and run a couple practices, and you're ready to go. Now you're going to tack on another game where you get the shit kicked out of you, but we're doing the same workload on top of that beforehand.
1: So where's the trade off? Right. And there is none. Right. Yeah, it's. Uh... I don't know. I have a hard time believing that there will be a work stoppage. I just think there, there's. You're talking about billions of dollars, mm-hmm. um, weekly. Yep. Not, not for the season. Weekly that they would be losing owners and players. I, I would be surprised if that happened. But you know, some of the things, some of the things that have been thrown out there with, you know, seventeen games, a mandatory bye week for play, like no. No, that's dumb. Like, so what? So Lafleur has to decide, okay, we're playing Tampa right. in week 11. Who don't I'm, we want to use? I'm not going to play Rodgers exactly. and, uh, and Smith this week. Right. And then you go and you get your ass kicked. Like, what? I what? I don't understand no. that. That makes no sense to me why no. a player a coach would ever want to do that.
0: Mm-mm. No, so, I, don't, I don't get it either. Yeah. Um. Did you do any homework and watch the XFL? I watched a little bit. Okay. I watched a little bit. I still um, have not.
1: not. Not too much. Um, <clears throat> it's, a weird, it's a weird league, yeah. man. Like, I saw one guy was getting interviewed as he was getting put into the game. Like, he's sitting on the bench getting interviewed, and the coach is looking around for him. Like, where the hell is this guy? Get your ass, in, your ass in the game. Um. You know, I saw a couple a couple decent little old school football fights at the bottom of piles that you don't see t- as much in the NFL anymore. Um, the two most interesting things were the was the kickoff, um, which they the the kicker is back where he normally yep. is. Both
0: it, sides stand still.
1: Both sides stand still, but they're on like the receiving teams like thirty, mm-hmm. and no one can move until the receiver catches, catches the, the ball, ball. Which you know, I don't hate it. Um, it certainly will eliminate a lot of those 100-mile-an-hour collisions. Yep. I don't know what that will do in terms of field position and how easy or not easy is it to run, run something back. Right. I don't know if it's easier or it's harder. I'm not sure. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other thing we talked about the other day, when you score a touchdown... You have the option to go for 1, 2 or 3. And yep. it, 1 is from the the hash. Yeah. 2 is from the 5, five 3 is from, is from the, the ten. 10. So that's that's kind of interesting.
0: I kind of like it, but It's a little gimmicky. Yeah, but they just want to take extra points out, which I mean, right now, I think the NFL did it right in moving the extra points back mm-hmm. and making it a little more challenging because and and now when I watch college, I'm I, I don't even pay attention because it's a chip shot. And right. it's it's right. It was something horribly wrong. Happens if you miss an extra point in college. Yes. So I think the, the the college game would be well to kind of follow that principle. But I don't mind if you're going to go for two or extra points and bypass the extra point. I think you might want to take maybe give them the option.
1: Honestly, if I was in the XFL in the league, I would go for I would three. go for three every time for sure. If I can have nine point possessions, yes, that's going to be really hard to beat. If for you sure. can, you know, shit, if you go two for five, right, that's a lot. You know, I mean, that's an extra six points. Um, I, I don't know that it would work in the pros, but it, it's it's interesting. For
0: now, it's just a little gimmicky. It's interesting.
1: I'm interested to see how it plays out and and maybe after the year's over to, to hear some feedback from some of the players and coaches on what they liked and For didn't sure. like.
0: And, again, like we talked about when, when the league was getting started and whatever, that the NFL – took something from the XFL the first time in the overhead camera. So I'm I'm just interested to see what they do this year when the XFL, in my opinion, will inevitably fold. It it won't last forever. I just don't think it can. I'm interested to see what the league will take from the XFL this time and will... Make it a part of the everyday Sundays.
1: I think if it's going to survive, I think they have to move it. I don't think they can play it when they play it. Well, you and
0: I talked about it. Is that well, you're and, just
1: off of football. And now, and now, in when you're heading into March, you're into the March Madness and the beginning of the baseball season. I think you'd be better off starting this in April. Let that let that opening day shine there's that first week or 10 days of baseball where everybody's excited about baseball and then then you realize, oh, shit, there's 155 games left (laughs) and everybody kind of just takes a deep breath and gets into their season. They may have to move it back because I thought somebody said the other day they're going to be getting into weekends now where, you know, you've got big-time college program conference tournaments that are be going on in the weekends, and then you're heading into three straight March, NCAA yep. tournament weekends. You've got
0: the Masters coming You've up got, as well.
1: Exactly. So there's a lot of big events on the weekends that are going to really knock you down. For sure. And it's like, you know, can the can the league sustain the poor ratings and maybe the low attendance? I I don't know. But I will say I get and I give them credit. You know, you're you're a bigger football guy than I am. I obviously I still like football. Um this is a real league. Yeah, this is I mean oh, yeah, I have heard people try to make jokes about it at its expense because Vince McMahon this isn't but this isn't still, the old one. Th-
0: that's what I mean. This they're, is not a pro they're wrestling They're still thinking the old one.
1: This is not yeah. it. The biggest criticism that I have of it and it's inevitable very very poor quarterback play. Well, for sure. And that's inevitable because if you're any good you're in the NFL and Even we as already a know there's, there's
0: only like 10 good ones anyway. Right. If all the backups are bad, yes. and all the practice squad third string guys Ex- are bad, who are
1: these guys? Who are you getting for your league? Right. So if if you're if you're looking for guys that are going to be slinging it around, I, I think you're in the wrong league. Probably true. Yeah.
0: All right, that is enough football. Let's move along to hoops. We got a lot of hoops before we get to baseball. We'll start with uh, we'll start with college. And uh, conference tournaments are already, yeah, uh, underway.
1: Some of the small conferences have already started.
0: Which I would; I, those are the ones that I really like.
1: Yeah, I don't really pay attention no. to them until the until the championship game. Right. I think the first one is Sunday. Okay. Um. So that that'll be fun to kind of get that going. Those mm. are always fun. I think Missouri. There's usually like the first one is like the Missouri Valley, Valley Conference yeah. will be on CBS Sunday Sport. at like eleven. Okay. You know, and it's like you wake up, I wake up in the morning and I'm dinking around and I throw that on. It's like, oh, shit, this game matters. Cool. Mm -hmm. You're right. And and there's Wichita State versus, uh, you know, Illinois State.
0: Cool. There's nothing better than these mid-majors that win their conference tournament, they get the automatic seed. Because
1: they'd cut their arm off for it.
0: Exactly. And it doesn't matter whether they're going to get put up against a blue blood and, and more often than not get their brains beat in, but everybody just want – give yourself a chance. Just make it.
1: It, it reminds me of um, a little bit from, from high school. You know, I got to play at State the sectional final game that we won was way better than the game we won at State. Mm-hmm. I mean, like, you win the game to get there yep. is is just awesome, yep. and I'm sure it's a 100 times that cool at a D1 basketball level to win your league For to make sure. that tournament. For sure.
0: Um, all right, let's go to the Badgers. They've won six in a row. They made their Finally debut. Finally ranked. I know. They made their debut on Monday morning. They're in at 24. Um, not a bad resume so far with Purdue-Rutgers, Uh, The road win at Michigan really surprised me. And then they eked one out uh, over Minnesota um, on Sunday. So, and they didn't have um, a couple of those games, not a particularly great shooting time. But it's, I like the fact, a couple of things. I like the fact that they're doing this without Kobe King. I really do. Six Um, and all without him. Yeah. Or I'm
1: sorry, eight and one without him. They've won six in a row.
0: And I just wonder... And and I know you were kind of critical about, well, how good is this Micah Potter guy going to be if he can't make it at Ohio State and he just wants to bail, which would say to me, looking at Ohio State, and maybe it's the wrong fit for the program, and now he's assimilated very well at Wisconsin. He's
1: been surprisingly good.
0: And been very good for them, mm-hmm. and a lot of people have hollered, like, what the hell is you doing at Ohio State? He can't even see the floor, and he comes here, and he's one of our best guys. Yeah. So what did Ohio State not see that the Badgers are seeing? Well, but I, I mean, I don't think it works necessarily right. like that. Style
1: of play, right. all, who's in front of you, yeah, all that stuff comes into play. I I've been surprised. I think the one thing that I've been the most surprised about with Potter, and I think it's the biggest change I've seen with the Badgers, is he brings an element of toughness. Down low mm-hmm. that they did not have. No. Nate Reavers is a nice pick and pop guy, and he can hit jump shots when he's when he's wide open and he's not getting bodied, but he's soft. He's soft defensively and he's very soft offensively in the post. Potter is kind of given them a little bit of an edge to to go along with Davidson on the perimeter, and I think he's kind of it's rubbed off on some of these guys. Um you know, I, get, I give the badgers credit. They've won six in a row. They've 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 shot the ball quite well the last three weeks. Um, you know, uh Purdue, eh, Minnesota, meh, they're both games at home. Right, games that win. you should win. Yeah, mm-hmm. Um beating Rutgers, not too unexpected. The Michigan win was a nice win. Mm-hmm. Um they've got a very easy road left. They got Northwestern who's awful.
0: Man, do you do you just I just pray that's not a toe stub. And yeah, well,
1: you never know. I know
0: that's what I mean. But they're
1: pretty—they're pretty awful. You yes, got them are. tomorrow, and then uh, this weekend they're down at Indiana, where t- the last several years they've handled business. Mm-hmm. So I expect them to go two and zero, end the season twenty-one and ten, kind of about where I thought. Okay. Um, what I didn't think was that they would be in contention to win the league. Well,
0: that's—I mean, look at the league.
1: Well, but see, this is. And, This is one of the grind my gears moments that I have with college sports and it's football and basketball and it drives me crazy and it's not unique to the Badgers. I heard Wojo, I was watching Inside Marquette the other night before the Buck game was on on FS Wisconsin and he he had the same sentiment. Can these coaches stop trying to sell me on how great their league is? Every league's not great. Some years you have down years. I think this is a down year for the Big Ten. They have a lot of balance. They have 10 or 11 teams that are good. but don't try to tell me that how great this league is this year because where's the great team? We're the great players. I looked at an NBA mock draft yesterday, one big 10 guy in the first round. So yes, the Badgers have done well and, and teams like Illinois. Nobody picked Illinois to do anything this year. They're tied, they're, for, second. They're tied for second. So, um they have the I'm not taking anything away from the Badgers. They're having a really nice year. They've been playing really well lately. I like the way they're playing going into March into these tournaments. Um, I pretty much have decided I will be picking them to win their first round game. Okay. After that, it's matchup dictated and who knows, but um the Kobe King thing is is something that you know I' you and I have talked about it. I talked about it with John Barry from The Gazette the other night and we were sitting at the scores table of, the, of of one of the high school games. It was a total addition by subtraction. The kid was obviously a problem in the locker room. doesn't mean that he's a bad guy, doesn't mean that everybody on the team didn't like him. but I've i played with guys like this where they're front runners. When things are going well for them, they're they're great. You want to have them around because they're good players. But when things start to go bad for them individually, they're not getting touches, they don't get as many minutes as they think, they're not featured enough in the offense, whatever it may be, and then they pout and sulk, it brings everybody down. And it sounded like he had been pouting and sulking the entire season. Mm -hmm. And that's kind of the combination of that and not having Potter the first ten games kind of explains a little bit why at the when the when the calendar flipped in January you're looking at this team going man is this a tournament team? And then when he leaves, everybody's screaming about guard. Well, I think guard is proven for w- sure w- again, yes. which he keeps seeming to have to do every year. You think that's going to continue? That though? the man knows what he's doing and right. he can coach and he can certainly win Big Ten games. What he does in the tournament, you know, I used to be a guy that said, where's your final? How many final fours have you been to? That's how I determine your success. I don't think you can look at it that way anymore because the sport has changed so much where everybody now is younger, like especially on the Blue Blood teams. Everybody's freshmen and sophomores now. Guys don't stick around. So I don't know that you can determine how good a coach or a program is by their final fours just like I'm not sure you can determine how good a league is by how many teams are in the Sweet 16 because you get in these one-game scenarios and shit happens. So I don't know that that's an indicator, but I think that if if you're a Greg Gard hater – Time to just sit down and shut up for a while and let the guy do his job because he's doing a good job. Give the man credit. They're a five seed right now in bracketology. Um, I mean, barring them losing the next two games in the first game of the Big Ten tournament, they're not going to be worse than a seven. Mm -hmm. So they should get a pretty favorable matchup in the first round. And after that, you never know. You never know.
0: This seems like one of those teams where when you watch some of these grinded out games like at Michigan or at home against Minnesota or against Purdue, this seems like a team that if you get in one of those situations with, uh, you know, a tournament team that might be a little bit better, a little bit different uh, scheme-wise... That they can possibly just grind it out mm-hmm. against them mm-hmm. and and get a couple of point win, which those are always dangerous guys to play. I'm not saying it's it's going to be down to the level of like a Virginia, which what what was I here last week? You we were watching the game with a halftime score was like thirty four yeah. to eighteen, right? Something like right. that. Like I'm not saying that, but it but you you're, you at least give yourself enough of a chance the way you play to grind out a one a one gamer.
1: And and what's the biggest key to being able to do that? Experience. Pritzel, Davidson, Trice, Reavers, those guys have played like 60 Big Ten games. They played 100 college basketball games. The dude at Michigan State's played like 20. Right. I mean, that that's a huge difference. You're talking about 21, 22-year-old guys playing 18-year-olds, and I know the 18-year-olds got more individual talent. But you get into those 1-2 possession games on the road like they like you know like Minnesota the other night they couldn't close that one out the Badgers were able to grind out the win that's experience mm-hmm. you know that stuff matters and you know that's why the last few years we've seen the Loyola's and some of these teams that have four or five senior starters uh, our, our boy Storm Murphy down at Wofford, right? They sucked this year because they lost everybody right. from last year. But last year they had a bunch of they seniors. Were really good. And they should have beat Kentucky and they should have been in the damn elite eight. So that's just kind of how college basketball is now. And hopefully for the Badgers, they can keep up this little run.
0: You got Marquette and DePaul tonight. Yeah, um, down at.
1: <laughs> I, I I've about had it with Marquette. Yeah, yeah. how come? Uh, I'm just let me let me hear it. Well, it's the same. It's. <sighs> I, I'm. I'm a Wojo fan. I liked Wojo when I was a kid and he was at Duke. Um, I I have a lot of questions about him as a coach. Um, The over-reliance on Marcus Howard, again, has led to this late-season collapse. They've lost four out of five again at the end of the year. Got to go on the road at DePaul tonight, who always plays Marquette tough, and then you got to go on the road to St. John's who, although they're not very good, they just all they somebody. do is have a ton of Yeah, they beat the shit out of Villanova yeah. or somebody the other day. Uh-huh. They're just a roster full of athletes. Um, uh, coach Willard for Seton Hall the other day in the Marquette game said in the first media timeout they had you know they had the coach mic'd up sure. or whatever, and he, and he simply just said to his team, if Marcus Howard is going to come down and shoot every time, we're going to win by 20. And that's kind of been Marquette's problem: is the over reliance on him. And then when things aren't going well for him, or he gets in foul trouble, the other guys look around at each other and go, "Oh shit." Now, now, who's the focal point of the offense? Who? Are, what are we doing here? Um, you know, the Big East is a is a solid league. They've got some good teams. I mean, Marquette lost to Creighton, who's very good. Um, they lost to Seton Hall, who's top ten and very good. And is a upperclassman team, and you know for whatever reason they've lost twice to Providence this year. They can't beat Providence, um, so I don't know. I I I have concerns. I I'm not sure what his future is long term at Marquette. He's got a really high recruiting class coming in. Okay. He's got a big time uh, six foot ten point guard. I said point guard because wow. when the kid signed, he was like 6'6", and then he pulled a Giannis and grew growth, like five inches. Growth spurt. Um, he's coming in next year. He just offered a kid from over at Racine St. Katz, who I believe is a junior this year who's putting up huge numbers. Um, so the recruiting aspect has been there. It's just I'm not seeing – I always talk about when we're doing those high school games, who's improving yep. team-wise and individually. I'm not seeing it on Marquette.
0: Um we haven't identified a lot of kids in our broadcasts season. Not that a matter. lot. Have not been Im- lot. have been improving.
1: But Marquette's the number seven seed in bracketology this week. Um, you know, I think they're going to end up in that eight-nine game in the first round of the tournament. They're going to play another high major team, or they're going to play a really, really good mid major team in that first round. And then if you win that, you get to play Kansas, Duke, Kentucky, you know, somebody. somebody like that, it, it, I think it's going to be a short run again for Marquette. I, I would like to see them win one game because they ha- Wojo has not won a game in the tournament. I think he's 0-2, mm-hmm. um, and they need to they need to get off the schneid there.
0: Does that ever spoil your time out in Vegas, watching them and watching them lose in the no,
1: tournament? I mean, I, I was out there last year when John Morant shit on him. Right. Just kicked the hell out of him. I mean, it's disappointing because I lost like $100. <laughs> and i lost 100 dollars on the badgers when they got beat by oregon. So that kind of sucks, but you know, the uh the blue moon Tollies and the uh <laughs> you know, the dispensary down the street. Okay. They make up for things.
0: Perfect. Yep. Very yep. good. Yep. All right, let's uh let's keep moving. We go to the pros and
1: What's wrong with the boss? I
0: am uh, and 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 you and i have talked about this and this is this is one reason why I don't like national sports media. Is it's nice here in the Midwest because we're kinda left alone, but the only reason that they talk about us generally is when they need to finger point. Correct and complain about something. Yep. It's never anything about building up, although you could argue that with the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, but that seems to be...
1: Well, that ship sailed.
0: The lo- <laughs> yeah. well, um, well, right. Yeah, yeah. Right, but I mean, whenever you need to glorify something, it generally seems to be in Green Bay. Yes. Everything else when, I mean, the attention that the Brewers got when they were, you know, winning the division and playoff bound, not like either coast, it was all Dodgers, mm-hmm. you know, stuff like that. And now with the Bucks, and I don't watch a whole lot of these programs, and I don't watch, and I don't listen to the podcast that you do. But just hearing the negativity about, well, Milwaukee can't do this; it's a bad city. Giannis isn't going to want to resign; he should be going elsewhere. He said something to Steph Curry; said something to him. Maybe he'll go out there. Maybe he'll go out to L.A. Maybe he'll go to New York. And it's it's everything. And even what you said about Stephen A. Smith about not wanting to go to an NBA Finals anywhere in the Midwest wanting to go where it's warm. Mm -hmm. Like these people to me, aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. They're not talking about sports. They're talking about their preferences. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? It's talking about what what they like and what they don't like. And to me, I, I want you to give me the facts. I want you to tell me why I should be interested in something because of what's happening. Not what you want to see happen and what you don't want to see happen because you just don't like it. Right. I don't give a shit what you like or don't like. Give it to me straight. Right. And these guys, none of these guys do that.
1: No. And it's, um. you know, I, I was perfectly content the first 55 games of the year when they just didn't talk about them.
0: Right. Fly under the radar. Fine. Don't pay attention. Because, We're fine.
1: Because the more I listen to these guys now that they're starting to talk about them, They don't watch the team. They don't watch the game. Um, You know, they're talking about Chris Middleton can't do this and Chris Middleton can't do that. They read a thing last night during the buck game, and in his last 19 games, he's averaging, like, 25 points, six rebounds and six assists, and he's shooting, like, 55% from the floor, 50% from three, and 90% from the line. What exactly can he do? I'm confused. They're talking the, the whole they've they've re you know, redone the whole narrative of LeBron James should be the MVP this year because he's leading the league in assists. Where if anybody who really knows anything about basketball, especially the NBA, knows LeBron James has the ball in his hands for 20 seconds. And in the last five seconds of a shot clock, he's making a decision and he's throwing it to somebody who has to shoot the ball. And we are in an era now where they hand out assists like candy. That's why guys like James Harden, who is the biggest ball hog in the league, has led the league in assists the last two years because he has the ball all the time. And then if he doesn't shoot it, he throws it to you, and you better shoot it right away or you're going to get a turnover. Um, The national media is kind of trying to speak LeBron, into his MVP, into existence now. Um, I heard yesterday Colin Cowherd said on his show... That LeBron means more to his team when he's off the floor. They're like negative ten points per hundred possessions. Um, the Bucks were five and one without Giannis, so LeBron is more valuable. Bucks get beat last night by Miami. Today, Cowherd says the Bucks aren't a title contender because they don't have enough help for Giannis. Well, which is it? Are the Bucks really good because they got really good players other than Giannis, or are the Bucks only good because they have Giannis? And mm. if they're only good because they have Giannis, well, then isn't he the MVP because they're fifty-two and nine? You would think that. Would so the be the contra- yeah the contradictions make no sense. Um, they're fifty-two and nine. They've won uh, five of their last six.
0: And of those nine losses, only two of them have been to one team, and that was Miami.
1: Yeah, and of those nine losses, I think in. Every one of them, the team has made, I think, 18 or more threes. The opponent. The opponent. Um, and last night was no different. You know, so in the, in the last two weeks, the Bucks have beat Detroit by 20, Philly by 23, Washington in double overtime, Toronto handily by 11. They beat Oklahoma City by 50. <laughs> they played poorly on Sunday and beat Charlotte yep. by 8 and then played poorly again last night and lost to the Heat. Um, the Miami thing's a little concerning. They're a bad matchup for the bucks.
0: You had said that even earlier in the season when they lost to him the first time,
1: they got a lot of long athletic wing guys to throw at Giannis and Middleton. They've got big guys that can space out and shoot. Um, and they're, they're physical. And yesterday they were allowed to be extremely physical. There were several calls that, normally the Bucks would get, normally Giannis would get, that he did not get yesterday. And, you know, that happens, uh, when, especially when you're on the road. But I, I'm not saying I think Miami could beat them in a series um, because I just don't think these teams can can consistently shoot that well four times in seven games. Mm-hmm. But I think it would be a bastard of a series. Um, and it looks like it will be in the second round. Oh. So, uh, that, that would be a tough one, but you know, Sunday bucks score 93 points last night. They score 89 before Sunday. They had 82 straight straight games over a hundred, over a hundred. So they, they just have not, they just had a bad weekend. They just didn't shoot it well. And I mean, look, it's an eight month season. This is, this was their 60th and 61st games of the year. I think they're entitled to a couple bad days. I think Giannis is entitled to having a bad game yesterday. It happens. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, but you know,
0: but then everybody comes out today and, they, and says, this is why they're not going to win the championship. Yeah. Well, and, and that, and that's something I just can't, and, and
1: they're saying that because they don't want, want them to, correct. they don't want to go to Milwaukee. They don't want to talk about the bucks. They want to talk about Philly and Boston,
0: which again,
1: kind of more eyeballs, more ears.
0: It just leads me back to my point of that. Shouldn't you guys be talking about the teams that are good? Why are we spending all this time with the Knicks just because they're in a major market when they are poorly managed and they suck? Who cares? Right. I don't care if it's a storied franchise. They play at a storied arena. Maybe this is just one Midwest guy's opinion. I want to hear about who's good. I didn't mind hearing about the Warriors for the last decade or right. however long this has lasted right. because they're good they're and they're good. awesome and they play well. Mm-hmm. Fine, I understand that. You want to talk about the Dodgers? You want to talk about the Yankees? You want to talk about the Red Sox? All these Coast teams, most of them usually have had one thing in common. They're good. Yeah. That's fine. But when you get a good minor, a small market team fucking talk about them the minnesota twins set the record for the most home runs hit last year how many times did you hear about them none and granted they got to the playoffs and they lost but still that's a big thing and they had a good team up Mm -hmm, there mm -hmm. you didn't hear about them no because it's in fucking minnesota that's right but yet again you've got the team with the best record that is not
1: talked about but i guess what you have to figure out as a a consumer of that stuff you have to figure out who is credible and who is not and when you're talking about guys like shannon sharp skip bayless colin cowherd stephen a smith max kellerman these are the main guys on these these kind of daily talk shows i don't really think that shannon sharp knows anything about basketball
0: so, it was like when, so
1: why am I listening to... He's a football guy.
0: It was like when uh, Mike and Mike were on and Gullick started talking about the NBA. Yeah, I, I, I don't, I, I, I don't respect
1: your... I think I know... I'm quite certain I know more than you. Um, that's why the other night when they played on... Uh, last Tuesday, they were on TNT, and Stan Van Gundy was the analyst during the game, and Badger fans don't like him because he was here, blah, blah, blah. It's one of the best called basketball games I've heard in a decade. It was fantastic the things that he talked about, what he broke down, the pros, the cons, um, things that are concerning going forward, things that are really good going forward. I mean, he broke down the Bucks' defense. They're the number one defense in the league, and he broke it down during the game talking about how every other team in the league on high ball screens, their big man shows, and a lot of teams will switch that. The Bucs don't do that. Lopez drops into the center of the paint. That's why the Bucs are the number one team in the league in defending the rim. But by doing that, you open yourself up to threes because Brooke Lopez can't get from the rim out to the three-point line to cover somebody. It's just too far. Right. And, or Giannis or whoever that that player happens to be. So that's why in the games they've lost, you've seen the high three-point makes happen. And yesterday was a perfect example. But you got to listen to the right people. You know, listen to Stan Van Gundy, Barkley, Shaq, Kenny Smith, Grant Hill, Steve Smith. Listen to those guys talk about it. When you're when you're listening to football, I, I'm not. I don't care what Cowherd has to say. I'd rather listen to Lewis Riddick, Teddy Bruschi, guys that were actually played and or worked office, in front right. offices yep. that have actually been part of the game. So, you know, it's annoying, um, but that's that's kind of. When you're a flyover state, it's just a shit you gotta deal with. Like you said, unless you're the Cubs, right. the Cardinals, you know, one of these hundred year old franchises that have been around forever that have a million fans, you know, people at ESPN think well, nobody gives a fuck about the Bucks other than people in Wisconsin.
0: I the only mass appeal show or host or hosts that I consume from ESPN generally on a daily basis is Kornheiser and Wilbon. Yes. And say what you want about Wilbon because he is a um,
1: He's he's become the black Tony. He hates everything.
0: Right. <laughs> and and he's also kind of a one of those w-
1: fanboys mm-hmm. you know oh, no question likes to no tout question. the northwestern yes.
0: likes to tout the cubs
1: likes to likes tell to... you that he golfed with michael jordan exactly and, yes, and, and yes, that's yes, fine yes, absolutely
0: but one thing i will give him credit for is that when kornheiser who's a, you know an east coast guy when the bucks are doing well or they have a loss and you either want to nitpick or you want to bag on them Wilbon has at least gone two games. Yes. He likes what they are doing in Milwaukee. He appreciates that brand of basketball because you know what? He's one of these only guys who travels around and goes to games, mm-hmm. and he can recognize that where it's like how how often – what are the odds that you could get Kornheiser to Milwaukee for a Bucks game? Never.
1: Never. Never. He won't come to the Midwest because he'll say it's too cold. I don't think you could get him to a Wizards game against the Bucks and he lives in Washington DC. So no it's it's just you know, if if you're if you're one of these guys and you don't buy the Bucks as championship contenders or you don't think they're gonna come out of the East, fine. But don't tell me the reason is because Chris Middleton is not a good enough number two or cause Giannis can't make threes. Mm. That's not why they will lose if they lose. It will be defensive philosophy it'll be matchup dictated it'll be actual basketball things not just this dumbass hyperbole that these guys are trying to spit out all right so well, well last, uh, did last you, NBA yeah. thing did, did you no. did you see the Spike Lee controversy no
0: I didn't but I saw your picture which was funny yeah well
1: <laughs> apparently Spike Lee was scolded yesterday at the Nick game about going into a wrong door And he didn't like it, so he had to go on first take today and cry about it. And, you know, it's funny because Spike Lee is one of these guys that's, like, you know, super super left-leaning, super pro-black, super anti-Trump kind of guy. And white privilege this and male privilege that. Well, all I heard today was he's Spike Lee. He should be able to do what he wants. No. So you mean celebrity privilege? You mean rich guy privilege? Right. So because he spends money on courtside seats, he can just, what, he can drag his dick on the floor and do whatever he wants? <laughs> like, I don't get it. I don't get it. I, I'm sorry. Right. I don't get it. No. So. See, seems a little little bit of double little, talk. A little hypocritical, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, the last thing I want to say, we, we would have touched on it last week. Um, the Kobe Memorial last Monday was was pretty cool. Uh, I didn't watch a lot of it. I At that point, I was kind of kobe out, frankly. Yeah. Um, But the the speech that Michael Jordan gave and the speech that Shaq gave were were both pretty moving and cool. I might have to go back on YouTube and find out. Yeah, the the Jordan one was very cool because you've never really seen Michael Jordan that way, Um, that open and honest. He's always been very um, careful with what he says with the exception of his hall of fame speech where he eviscerated (laughs) everyone that ever slighted him, which was fantastic. But I could understand how that didn't leave a great taste in everybody's mouth, but, um, just his, you know, his emotion and the things he said about Kobe and making fun of the, the Jordan crying meme. And now they're going to have a new Jordan crying meme because I mean, it was was all pretty good. And, uh, you know, kind of a nice capper on the end of the Kobe thing and everybody can kind of you know, move on and, and, and finish out the season and watch some good hoops. All
0: right, let's move to baseball. And that is officially underway with Cactus League games. And we had some big breaking news today. It's not done um, from what I saw. Was it, was it Heyman reporting it? Yeah, I think so. Uh, John Heyman reported that Christian Yelich is about ready to sign a seven-year deal mm-hmm. with the Brewers, which would put him there for, you now, it's just an extension. It's an extension. So, be an, so we, he, he'd be
1: in Milwaukee for another nine yes. years. He's got two years left, and the extension would kick in in 2022. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, yeah sev- seven-year, about 190. Um, I, I read that the only two guys that will be on the books at that time are Kane and Lindblom. Okay. So... Um, Obviously, they're not taking into account guys like Hader and Hero who are right. going to get raises and blah blah blah. But guys that are currently under contract, it's only those two. So that I found that kind of funny, but um, it's very surprising, but not. Yelich um, y- is a very very regular dude. He's not a guy that is appears to be seeking. Attention.
0: Well, you had said about a month ago that this is this was going to be a guy that they were going to lose, that, and you had to be I, you had to be prepared. People that I had talked
1: to that know more than we do had told me that yeah, that was kind of what was going to happen, like, and it was being. Looked at and planned for He keeps
0: playing at MVP caliber. You're one, you're not going to be able to afford him. And two, he ain't going to want to stay anyway. And three, maybe he'll be a trade just to to get something from him before he leaves.
1: But normally you don't see a player of this caliber take a hometown discount and not hit the open market because the union is all about driving up the salary. For sure. Um, And I remember Braun took a little bit of shit for this Mm -hmm. when he did it. In, you know, in 2010 or whenever he signed his deal. Because,
0: yeah, the, one of the things the people said was, why do you leave all that money on the table? Right. And and, and when I saw the total for this, I was like, that's not. That's, but I've always, that made, right. I've always
1: maintained, like, if you're going to pay me $150 million to play in Milwaukee and you're going to pay me $200, $200 million to play in L.A., isn't it the same?
0: Right, because it's because going to get of, eaten up for cost of living. cost of living yeah. and all
1: the things that go, like,
0: go with it's it. It's kind
1: of the same. Right. I mean, I'm sure there's you're, you know at the end of the day, you're still going to get a little bit more with the bigger contract. And Yelich
0: ain't going to live in the
1: offseason in Milwaukee. No, he's going to go back to Malibu right. with Braun and Moustakis and yeah. hang out and fight fires on the beach. That's what <laughs> they do. But as soon as I heard this was happening, I I sent our boy uh, Joe Robinson, who Mm -hmm. works for the team, a text, and I just – well, he sent me the text to alert me that it was happening, and I just said, Braun got to him. Braun got to him. Braun sold him that, look, man, I've been here my whole career. I'm a California dude. I even had the whole steroid thing, and look at the support and the love that I still get and that this team gets. And I think the – the fact the Brewers have been good both years that Yalich has been here is, is a huge factor in him staying. Um, you know, I, you had said it, well, it kind of makes a little understandable of them saving a little payroll this year. Yeah, maybe.
0: Well, to maybe. the un, to the untrained fans, like, why are we cutting all this money? Oh, we're giving a shit ton of it to Christian Yelich well, now. You're okay. not you're
1: not now, right? It doesn't
0: make it, it. doesn't I, work like sure, that. Sure, sure. For everybody that's saying, like, well, why are we, you know, cutting all this money? Cutting all this money? Oh, because we're gonna need it to pay that guy,
1: right? It's a good. You could spin it that way for, for sure. certain, and I'm sure their PR department will work on that. Yes. But at the end of the day, it's cooler and shit that yes. he's gonna be here. Yep. I was ecstatic when they did it with Braun. Um, because I, I just think that, and, and it's, a, it's the same thing with Giannis and the Bucs, I think it's very important for these leagues to be viable in the small markets. You have to be able to keep stars. You cannot be farm systems for the big markets, and the Brewers have done a good job of the two best players since Yount and Molitor, in Braun and Yelich yeah. are now going to basically be career brewers. And more likely than not, um, Yelich is going to finish his career in Milwaukee. So, I think that's a pretty cool thing. Absolutely. Pretty excited. I don't have, you said that. I, and I like the other signing that they made Peralta this week. for five years. I, I do. Um, I mean, he's 22. Guy's got a shitload of potential. He's still got to figure some stuff out. But, I mean, when he was good last year, he was unhittable. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think they know yet if he's a starter or not. I think that's remains to be seen. Yeah. That's
0: it. There's been a couple of years where it's been, but I mean, different assignments. Five and, year,
1: 15 million. You're going to pay. Oh, okay. Yeah. You're going to be paying him 3 million bucks a year. I think
0: that's a steal for, for five years. I mean, if he's just coming into Dak, what, what, Dak
1: Prescott makes that in like a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I mean, you know, yeah, really, really, I mean, that's. that's that's a pretty sweet deal. So I'm happy about both of those, obviously, the Yelich one, but I'm happy about the Peralta one too. It's nice to see them. I've always, one of the things I've always lamented about being a Brewer fan is the lack of pitching development over the years that we just have not seemed to be able to do. And anytime, whether it was, you know, Gallardo or Hauser or now Peralta it's it's nice to see these guys come through your system and and develop into major league players in quality ones Who's the
0: who's the the guy the the star on the door to walk through from the pitcher development Brewers organization who has come through that has been the best well wrecky Sheets right
1: Sheets yeah right. and that was he came up in 01
0: and i feel like there should have been a lot more
1: yeah, then, well, then, yeah, when you look around at these teams and it's like, wow, well, you know, how well, how do the Yankees keep finding these guys? You know, how do the Red Sox keep, you know, so that it's a little frustrating that the Brewers have always struggled there for whatever it's reason.
0: It bothered me in the starting rotation for a long time when you assign the title of ace. To the number one guy, yeah, he's yeah. the staff ace. Yo, Giovanni was the ace, but then you look at the starting rotation as a whole, and you say, okay, there's your top guy. You're supposed to be competing with these guys in the division, and these guys in, um, you know, in in their in their respective league, the AL, uh, the AL or or, or the NL, or who here's who you're going to see down the road if you get to the playoffs, and this is our top guy. I want somebody like when we had, um, what's his diddle? CC. Yes. Yeah. I want somebody like that, whereas you can compare him across the league and say that guy would match up and, and be a number one or number two guy on pretty much any team because a lot of these guys that Milwaukee rolls out as their star or their ace or their opening day guy, you put them on another team, a lot of times maybe they're their third fourth best and then it goes down from there so i don't pitching hit to me with this team has
1: always driven me nuts for the most part i think they may have a legitimate ace in the making in woodruff and that's another guy i should throw into the come through the system um that guy has got everything you want out of a starting pitcher to be an absolute horse for you, for the next five years, he throws hard. He's durable. Um, he's got a second and a third pitch, and he's a competitor—kind of everything you would want mm-hmm. in your top guy. So when he goes out in a one-game playoff like he did last year against Scherzer, you're 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 feeling good about that. Right? Where there's been years in the past where it's like you're trotting Gallardo out, and and Yo was a nice pitcher in his day, but it's like, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, you're going up against Chris Carpenter or Wainwright. You're not those guys. But
0: a lot of these times that you that you get into those situations and in these, you know, we need to win this series mm-hmm. or we need to win this one game. It, you throw out your best guy, and it seems like now counsel is we're going to throw all our best guys at him for a couple innings just to get to the back end of the bullpen. Yeah. Because they have that well set up, and that's been basically the thing that has succeeded the most when they get there with a lead. Yep. And that's been the best thing. So it's like all these starters, it's like, you're not gonna give me seven or eight innings. No. It's just not gonna happen. I just hope that in the five
1: that you last, you don't get blown up. Well, and the good thing about baseball is it's rare during the season that you're even gonna have those matchups. It's oh, it, oh, you for know sure. what I mean. There's a lot of times where your top guy's facing their fourth guy just because of how the schedule goes. So right. so that that helps. But no, you're you're right. I mean this this is a four, with the exception of Woodruff, I think most of these guys are going to be four or five, maybe six at the most inning guys, but you're not going to see a lot of Brewers throwing complete games.
0: I just want to see those guys perform well against the Cubs and the Cardinals mm-hmm. for the most part. Well,
1: and I think you got to throw the Reds in there, man. Yeah. I think the Reds are going to be good this year, despite what yeah. some people are trying to tell I'm me, but I, at, uh, I think Aaron they're Molina, pretty good. So, Well, he uh, can get one right in the ear hole for
0: all I care. Astros and uh, Astros are getting booed. Love it, like it, love it. I I don't have a problem with this at all. Did you
1: see Anthony Rizzo yesterday?
0: Uh, re- re- Rizzo was, and he Bryant was mic'd up, were mic'd up, and Rizzo basically called what he was going to see. Well, he he
1: was he said he's standing in the batter's box, and he steps out. and He goes, "Okay, I'm trying to go through a little math in my head on on what he might throw me here." And he goes, "Hey, somebody do a little banging for me in the dugout, huh?" Pretty good. Pretty good. And it, it, even though he's a Cub, I really like Rizzo. Yeah. I really like that guy. He seems like a good dude. It's not his fault that he has to wear that sh- that toilet paper jersey. But, um, right. yeah, that was pretty funny. And any, any slight at the uh, Astros is great. I've seen a couple of uh, their guys have been plunked early. Mm-hmm. Um, mm, not sure. Honestly, I think that if I was going to get my retribution on them, I would do it now. Oh, I'm not willing. Sure. I'm not going to throw away Late a game, season, no. and I am not going to throw away uh, the suspension. possibility of a suspension yep. and money just to prove a point. For sure, I, I, I think those days in baseball are over.
0: I I don't disagree at all. You know, at all. Um, all right, so I, just,
1: I wanted to ask you. Sure, did you watch no. any, or do you care about that? that uh, Tyson Fury Deontay Wilder fight last nope. week I mean you're not a, you don't care about boxing I or... cared
0: about boxing back when I was younger when it got more attention because of the the name recognition of the fighters now it seems like the casual fan can't really keep up because boxing has been kind of put back to the shelf in favor of MMA and all this UFC Are stuff Are you
1: interested in that? No no,
0: it nothing, nothing about that excites me. I got a couple of the old school Tyson pay-per-views way back in the day. Um, but there hasn't been to me as colorful a character that I've seen. And maybe I haven't been paying attention. I mean, I know Klitschko is dominant. Lennox Lewis was a really good heavyweight. I never cared enough to, to follow those guys. Um, so no, when, when the Fury and Wilder thing happened, it just came and went and I just, uh, it, it didn't appeal to me.
1: Yeah, I have no I have absolutely zero interest in MMA UFC. I, I just the, the sport in and of itself is just strange. It to just
0: me. seems to me and I could be wrong and it could be because I have a lack of experience watching it. it seems like anybody can beat anybody at any time. It doesn't matter how hard you train, what you work on, how good you are, how many matches you've had. There's no sort of predictability whatsoever. Right. If you, where in boxing, if, there is kind of a shelf that all the pieces fit on in order.
1: Right. Where UFC... Even if even in Conor McGregor's heyday, it was like, if you kicked him in the head, you could beat him. Right. You right. know, where it's like with, with some of these boxers, it's kind of like, well, yeah, you could punch him in the face and maybe knock him down, but
0: you're not going to knock him out. Right. You know? Right, and that's and that's also a thing that I that I miss about boxing is actual KOs. Well,
1: when I when I was a kid, we had HBO and Showtime, mm-hmm. and so you had fights. I loved watching those fights. Yeah. I was a huge Holyfield fan. Jim Lampley, my favorite boxer of all time to watch. Um, Pernell Sweet P. Whitaker. Sure, I think he was a he was either a welterweight or a Welch, lightweight. Yeah, one of those two. Um, but. Those those matches were great. De La Hoya back yeah. in the day. Um, but, yeah, I mean, when you're when your most notable boxer of the last 20 years in America is a guy who literally just runs around the ring for 12 rounds trying not to get hit Mayweather. and doesn't really do anything yeah. and then talks shit about it yep. afterward while he's counting his money on TV. It's just not really appealing. No. It's not a draw. And, and I don't and- know
0: how it gets people into the sport.
1: No, and, and you know, th- there's no, there's no character anymore. No, boxing always was about character. Yes, Ali, Don King, Tyson, um, you just don't really have that anymore. And I think, I think part of it is, I think it was, it just became such a dirty sport that it turned a lot of people off because you couldn't trust it. I mean, I remember the the Tyson's first fight out of prison when he fought Hurricane Peter, Peter, McNeely. Peter McNeely and, I
0: watched it and I went home within five minutes. Uh,
1: Totally took a dive. For sure, he was going to get murdered anyway. Yes, he was. But he still took a dive, and it's just kind of like, okay, pin me, pay why, me. Why, I, why did I pay for job. this? Yeah, total job, total job squad. So yeah, I was just curious if no, you cared. I, but they're they're
0: set to fight in July, I think June or July. I I saw I saw yesterday. So they're they're hooked, I, they're hooked I, up for the rubber match. Did I hear
1: maybe at Wembley?
0: Oh, I I don't know that because Fury's
1: know. English, I believe. Okay. I
0: think who's the guy, which one was the guy that was wearing the forty pound thing that said his legs. Oh, were Oh, that's, that's wilder.
1: That's wild. Let's well, not
0: do that. What did well, Cordizer well, said yesterday? Come out wearing a bathrobe. What's
1: my line, man? Rather look good and lose <laughs>
0: than look bad and win. Yep. Billy Hoyle. Yeah, but Billy Hoyle. All right, uh, you wanted to touch on the Olympics a little bit, just because I heard today Dustin Johnson is not going to play golf. And it has nothing to do with the coronavirus fears. He has says that the PGA's condensed schedule and the FedEx Cup playoffs, I think, start eleven days after the Olympic tournament. He really wants to be jazzed up for that, which I don't blame him for that, but still there's something about playing in the Olympics that I don't know, wouldn't that be appealing if there wasn't for a you know a huge, you know, health a, issue going it's, on? It's a
1: weird thing with professional athletes when it comes to the Olympics. Whether it's golf, tennis, baseball, basketball, there's always this hesitance to commit to it, which is weird because I would think winning a gold medal is the greatest accomplishment you could have as an athlete. Right. And and I'm a basketball guy. Um,
0: but it's not just in your league it's around
1: the world right we so play everybody it's just it's very weird how these guys approach that like I bet if you asked Dustin Johnson what would you rather win the masters or the Olympics it's, I it's, bet he'd say the, the masters, masters which is weird
0: to me but now is it because golf is just now, come back well, on maybe, to this recently. Well, maybe, but I mean,
1: this was a thing, this has been in, they've had tennis forever. Oh, for sure. And, you know, the Williams sisters participated in it somewhat, but they didn't seem to, like, care that much. Not like they were playing Wimbledon. Right. Um, I mean, you've seen NBA players ever since the Dream Team have committed and dropped out for all kinds of different reasons, and I promise you, if they're having any questions about the coronavirus, nobody's going. those guys it. will not go. Right. Um which would be a shame. It's supposed to be in Tokyo. Yep. And I haven't heard of the virus matriculating into Japan, Japan at no. all, but you're you're kinda over in that oh, yeah. that hot spot yep. over there of where it seems to be the most prevalent. Um your boy Dick Pound <laughs> from uh from the IOC. The honorable Richard Pound. I mean, who names their kid Dick Pound? So anyway? great. Uh he came out and said they have until late May to make Final decisions, because there's, I mean, there's a possibility they might not have it, right? Which obviously would be the extreme. Well, go ahead, but if if, if nobody's going to come, you can't, you can't run the games. I I love the Summer Olympics. Do you really? I love the Summer Olympics. Everything about them, most of it. So does my dad. I, I sit down. I watch. I'm watching women's gymnastics. I'm watching swimming. Wow! I'm watching all the track and field. This is something I did I not it. know about you. I love at. it. Wow! I will sit down and watch those dudes swim. They are—they're they're the best in the world. Correct. I mean, it is. You're talking about they're taking the best college swimmer in the world, and he's gonna swim against some dude from Yugoslavia who won the frigging European, Eastern European World Championships, and they're gonna race. That shit's awesome. I love that. Um, and what
0: have they been doing to prepare for this? They don't have side jobs. No, this that's is it. what they do. That's it. I've been training for three years to get here.
1: And look, I love I love Olympic basketball. I think international basketball is is fascinating. It's really fun to see. Um, these foreign stars in the NBA go play for their own country and see how much it means to them. Mm-hmm. I want to see Giannis on Greece, Luka Doncic on, I think he's Serbian or something, Jokic on whatever via country he's in some Slavic country. I don't long know. long
0: pass from him down the court where he just threaded the needle oh, right yeah. over the top. And the guy made the layup. Do you see that yeah, highlight? Yeah. He's, no, he's awesome. Just grabbed it and won. It's like he was playing highlight. I know. And he was, and he just whipped it down there anyway. So
1: ahead. that's fun, man. I, I'm a big Olympic guy. Okay. the winter ones, not so much, but I really enjoy the summer Olympics. See, so hopefully we, I, uh, we get it.
0: I like winter Olympics better, but really? I'm, but I'm a winter guy. I don't mind watching winter Olympic hockey. I'm not sure. sure. I'm, I'm, I'm not a big well, it's hockey different. guy. It's, it's it's it is.
1: It's a lot different, right?
0: But having having the countries compete against each other and watching the U.S. Um, I I like watching Olympic hockey, um, and and a lot of the a lot of the snow. I mean, because I was I was a skier back in the day, so a lot of these these snow and ski uh, events. I don't mind curling got big when that guy from Fitchburg or Monona or whatever it was when he was in there um, doing the, doing the curling with the hat and the porn stash. You know, I thought those are stories that I could latch on to and, and it made me learn about curling a little bit.
1: But when you see these fucking guys in the track, Oh yeah. And you see some dude go out and run a 400 in like 43 seconds mm-hmm. and dudes are running four by ones in like 38, eight, You're like, holy shit. It's like, (laughs) dude, it's like having a cheetah with a jersey on. It's unbelievable. I mean, you know, when Katie Ledecky in the last Olympics is doing these 5,000 meter butterflies and she's winning by three laps, Mm -hmm. you're like, holy shit. (laughs) Because you're you're that much better than everybody else else in the the world? world? That's cool. Yeah. That's cool. All right.
0: Um, you asked me about Miracle the other day on a road trip when we were talking about movies because they had their 40th anniversary coming up and they talked to um, a lot of the guys. And I have, I have a sports center that's taped where they kind of dove into that, um, and I don't know if it's with Van Pelt or not. Um, but a lot a of recent, guys, recent one, yeah, it's 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 from last week, I think. Um, heading in, or maybe it was over the weekend, but I know, I mean, head coach Mark Johnson for the for the Badger women's hockey team, he was on that team, yeah, um, yeah. and and they had a lot of guys that are still talking about uh, I that stuff.
1: I, I thought I saw, I think it was him, Aruzioni, and Craig mm-hmm. with Jeremy Shap like watching the last period. Okay. Kind of
0: cool. I'd watch that, you know, as much as I don't like Jeremy Shapp. Yeah, I mean, I'd, he's a tool. Um, but no, I and and that you got to take the Hollywood out of it when you watch that that movie. It's one of my favorite sports movies, and I still never seen it. It's Ugh. it's got to it's it needs to be watched. Yes, it does. If because you need- if
1: nothing else, I just want to see Kurt Russell with a mullet. <laughs>
0: I think the way that he tries to do the upper Minnesota accent is absolutely atrocious. Captain Ron. Um, but <laughs> <laughs> well, they're playing hide the salami <laughs> in the shower. um, uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I like the uh, – from what I hear, I like the the way that he, he embodied the coach and that he basically pissed on all the executives that told him how to run the team. He p- picked the players. He took chances on everybody, and everybody was like, you're going to go there and you're going to get massacred. I mean, they did not think that this team stood a chance, and especially when they played Russia a couple of days before the Olympics started and they got murdered. Yep,
1: double digits, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah
0: and And just the fact that they kind of all came together and I don't know what what the accuracy is on some of the bad blood of some of the the college players that came in and how that got resolved and how they all became a team and i you know I don't know the intricacies of that, right but just just the story of how they got there and what they did um it's it, it was it's just a really cool movie and and the fact that unfortunately before they even finished filming um the coach died yeah. That, that kind of, yeah, yeah. That, that
1: kind of lends a little bit more to it, I guess. Well, and, you know, um, you were born in 80, 79? 79. Late 79. I was born in early 81. So, um, you know, we obviously didn't see it. No. But we're old enough to understand the significance of it. And it's one of those things where, you know, it's a 40-year anniversary. I mean, you know, if you're 26 years old... I'm not sure that you even care. I don't know that you know the significance of it. I'm not sure, um, you know, you understand the significance of it uh, geopolitically, right? At the time, exactly. I mean, we're in the middle of the Cold War. This is like three months after the Iranians take 300 Americans hostage. Um, six months after this happens, we boycott the Moscow Summer Olympics. And then four years later, they turn around and boycott the 84 L.A. Olympics. So all that's going on. And then you've got this team of Russian professional hockey players who are some of the best players in the world that are not allowed to play in the NHL. Right. Because the Soviet bloc would not allow that. And there were guys in the there were basketball players the same way. Arvidas Sabonis is one of the greatest centers of all time. He didn't get to come over here until like 1992 when he was a shell of himself. A lot of those great players from Russia never got to play in the NHL. So it, it's just it, the whole story is very interesting. Obviously, you know the the David Goliath underdog part gets the most shine. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people think that that was the gold medal game. Right. It's not.
0: No, it wasn't. The no. gold
1: medal game was against it's, Finland. Right. The next game. The next game. So, um, yeah, it was, you know, and I'm, everybody knows I'm not a hockey guy. We got, we got buddies of ours that listen that are hockey guys, and, and they certainly know probably more a about this more. than we yep. do. Um, but, you know, just our age, we're still allowed to kind of appreciate it. And I hope that if you're younger and you listen to us or you watch some of the stuff about it, maybe it'll get you a little more interested in, in some of these historical of sporting events that took place. And, um, you know it's not all just about the game sometimes no. too there's sometimes there's, there's outside things For that sure. are just as important and and cool and interesting to know about
0: well hopefully in in the next week or two you'll be able to sit down and watch that and then and then give a review of what you did and then then what you didn't like um but uh, that's, we've, we've gone through a lot. We went way over budget on Well, time. we didn't do it last no, week, so we, we, last week. we owed the, the listeners sure. something. Uh, hopefully people are still still going strong as we approach the minute 20 mark. Uh,
1: just, just one local sure. thing I wanted to hit. Um, UW-Lacrosse women's team yep. uh, made the NCAA tournament mm-hmm. along with UW-Whitewater. And I believe Oshkosh as well made it. Um, Delaney Schoenberger, who was a... Uh, Craig Grad, mm-hmm. who's a senior on lacrosse this year. I saw today she was second team all WIC okay. and first team all defense oh, WIC. Excellent. So that that's all kinda right. cool. So just wanted Very to much. give her a shout for that. And um
0: Yeah, Whitewater women are hosting the first two rounds this Friday and Saturday. Yep. I've never heard of Red but that's the that's the Warhawks first opponent. We've got high school boys basketball on Friday. Hopefully Saturday. We got sectionals for girls on Thursday uh, this week. But there's a there's a pretty big chance that our high school broadcast season is done. Could be this weekend.
1: Could be. And uh, WIC men, uh, Platteville is also in the tournament. And Blake McCann, who graduated from Craig a couple years ago, he's a, a starter on that team. I believe they won the regular season title uh, did not win the conference tournament but but still made the, the NCAA so um, we'll follow that yeah pretty cool well,
0: All right, thank you for listening, downloading, subscribing we appreciate you, my name is Josh Dan we can uh, converse on Twitter, hit us up on Facebook if you want to talk about certain things or send
1: us an instant message in the middle of a Craig game when we're sitting at the scores table Matt Murray
0: <laughs> until next time <laughs> we will talk to you later
1: go Bucks.